and welcome to Labors in the Harvest with Kevin Folger. This podcast is a weekly conversation about the gospel and the work that God is doing through those who labor for him. Kevin Folger, your host, is a man with over four decades of ministry experience. For 41 years, he served on the pastoral staff of Cleveland Baptist Church in Cleveland, Ohio. He currently serves as a North America Director of Spiritual Leadership Asia, a ministry that assists those endeavoring to preach the gospel and plant Baptist churches in the 1040 window with a particular focus on Asia. Now here's Kevin with this week's Labors in the Harvest podcast. Labors in the Harvest podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. This is the third installment of my conversation I'm having with Dr. Paul Chapel, pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. Dr. Chapel, thanks for being be with, with you again today. Well, you I as count well. you as a dear friend and uh, sure. I want to uh, pick up our conversation where we were last week. We were talking a little bit about uh, West Coast Baptist College. And, uh, you know, how that, that got started and what prompted that. So uh, as you're looking at the college today, um, what would be some of your dreams and aspirations for those uh, who enter West Coast Baptist College uh, and are training for the ministry? What, what would you want to see them do with their lives? Of course, obviously, found Absolutely. The, the well, will of God. We, we are a local church uh, Bible college training uh, workers for the local church. So it's all about the local church. Uh, we we're going to remain focused in our program for, you know, pastors, missionaries, Christian educators. Um, we we did become accredited a few years ago with a Christian accrediting body, and and it in no way in, impinged upon our our fundamental and baptistic position. It 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 was a, a challenge academically, and I think it's helped there. But I say that to just simply underscore that while we don't shy away from strong academics. Our heartbeat is for souls, for the local church. And my prayer for our graduates would be that they would retain a, a distinctive lifestyle because we, we want to teach and preach that we are declared righteous at salvation positionally, but we also believe in the ongoing work of sanctification of the Holy Spirit. We know that's going to play out slightly different, different people's lives, different stages of growth. But I'd like to see our graduates have a distinctive lifestyle I like to see them maintain their Baptist distinctives. And one of the big testing grounds now is their conviction regarding the preservation of the Scripture uh, in the King James Version. And we're seeing movement on that now uh, within the independent Baptist movement, even some, yeah. name, some names that yes. uh, sadly are surprising. And, uh, and there's a whole you know, line of reasoning that's given for that. But from our standpoint, um, we, we're going to hold to that ancient landmark. And so I would pray that our graduates would be solidified in those positions and then that they would go out and uh, win souls, disciple people and raise up Baptist churches that glorify the Lord. And, you know, there are some and we've talked about this that are going to have some slightly different methodology. And if they're seeing souls saved and such, we're thankful for that. Uh, others are going to maybe be different enough that it, it limits fellowship and so forth. But uh, the fact is. Uh, we're going to keep emphasizing what we started with 25 years ago. Well, and, and again, that's so vitally important going forward. And of course, 
no doubt um, our, our culture is changing and, uh, you know, but the need of the gospel and, and faithfulness to the scriptures is just so, so very Absolutely. necessary today. And, and again, praying for these graduates as they get out, as they're inheriting a world that's really in so many respects uh, gone so many different directions. So Lancaster Baptist Church is also home to uh, another ministry, a ministry I think that uh, obviously is dear to your heart, and that's striving yes, together pu publications. And quite honestly, I don't know another church in the, the country that has done as much to produce good and doctrinally sound material as you folks. So, so what was the drive behind that? What, what kind of precipitated you um, seeing that? You no, know, I was in a meeting, a tent meeting, probably uh, at least 30 years ago with Dr. Lee Robertson. And, and I, I had the privilege of preaching for a week with him. And every time they would pick us up at the hotel, I'd have my yellow pad and I would just ask him questions. And, and Dr. Robertson at that time was one of a few fundamentalists that had written much. And he every, every night he encouraged me to write and he encouraged me uh, to get the materials out. And he just said, if, if you need to publish it within, then do that. And uh, the first book that I wrote was entitled uh, To Seek and to Save. It was a little soul winning manual. And now we've retitled it, Take It Personally. But um, the heartbeat was to get material that could be trusted by by Baptist brethren, material that was not Calvinistic, material that was pro-King James, pro-local church, material that was uh, expositional, that had good illustrations for the lay teachers and so forth, and, and definitions, word definitions, historical context. I'm a believer in curriculums, and I'm a believer in good materials that, that are doctrinally sound, and as you are. And so with all of those convictions, back, back in that day, I had been using some curriculum written by the regular Baptist press that became very Calvinistic. So that was disappointing. Um, and, uh, you know, I just felt that we needed to have a publishing house that was um, going to be helpful to the local churches in that way. And that was quality. Uh, some of the stuff that was out there uh, decent content, but it, the, the, the quality of presentation wasn't always what we would have wanted. So we have a small crew, Brother Folger, and they're all soul winning, faithful people and uh, just uh, do a great job. We've cut back with uh, COVID a bit, but still we have seven or eight people that work every day in that ministry. And we will probably publish about uh, 10 books by the time this year is finished. Well, let me just simply say, as a person who has been the recipient of uh, a lot of hard work, I sure appreciate that that particular ministry. And I know hundreds, if not thousands, of uh, independent Baptist churches across That's the face of the globe privilege. appreciate it as well. Yeah. Well, let me se segue a little bit uh, into um, the collaboration yes. that you and I are involved with with our friend uh, Naranjan called Spiritual Leadership Asia. In my last uh, three podcasts, I had an interview with uh, with Naranja in, in regards to uh, that particular work. So how did you first get involved uh, with uh, this concept of Spiritual Leadership Conference of Asia that now has kind of expanded to this new segment that we're calling you Spiritual know, Leadership Asia? You know, as I Asia? said earlier, the Lord gave me a real heart for Asia, even as a teenage boy. I, I remember flying in a, in a uh, Cessna airplane in 19... 75 up to northern Luzon with a couple of BBF missionaries from back in that era. And, uh, you know, we knew the Lions and, and so many others that you knew as well. And so that that was the early beginnings in my heart. Then, as we began to see God bless the ministry here, uh, we started 
uh, many years ago, the Spiritual Leadership Conference here in Lancaster. And we chose the term spiritual of the spirit because uh, at that time, there were preachers meetings and fellowships that were uh, sometimes divisive and, and hurtful and personality orientated. And as a young preacher, I just was not attracted to that. Uh, I wanted something that uh, was uh, strong, but that had a Christian flavor to it, <laughs> something that was attractive in the, in the spirit. Mm -hmm. So the spiritual leadership conference began to grow here in the States. So uh, we were uh, approached by uh, some of our friends from Korea uh, and they talked about doing something there, and we just took the label Spiritual Leadership Conference, and uh, we have had a couple of we had a couple of those in Korea. Then we had a couple of them in Asia, uh, in in uh, in Manila rather, in the Philippines, uh, and the Lord just really blessed in those. They were local churches inviting others to come in, and we would teach soul-winning discipleship, and we would teach on missions, and um, we would teach about organization of the Sunday school and different things. And then as, uh, as we began to plan uh, the Spiritual Leadership Conference, oh, I guess eight or ten years ago, uh, we met with uh, Naranjan, and Naranjan uh, Sundaraj, who uh, is actually from Australia, uh, he asked if he could come and speak to me in my office, and he said, tell me more about uh, spiritual leadership Asia. So I told him the story of you know my upbringing and how we've had you know several of these over in Korea and the Philippines. And he said, "Well, have you considered you know some other parts of Asia, etc." And from that conversation, we talked about doing something in Singapore, and then doing the next one back in Manila. And the long story short, he essentially said, "Look, let me take care of things on that side of the world." Uh, and let me try to do as much as I can do to align, you know, people and organize the venues and uh, get the printed materials ready. And uh, as you know, that next year we had we had a smaller one in Singapore. The next year in uh, Asia, uh, we had a meeting that was uh, quite a bit bigger. I'm going to say three or 4,000 people at that facility that was by the uh, American military burial ground there, the American cemetery. And there was a true, you were there that night, there was just a true revival that mm -hmm. set down into that meeting. Yes. We both knew it. It was, there were people there from, you know, various backgrounds, but it was definitely an independent Baptist meeting. We had some of the locals, Rick Martin and some of the others that preached, but it was just an amazing collaborative meeting uh, of independent Baptist. And then the next one that we had, which would have been in, uh, I guess what that was 2019. The last time was that right Brother Folger? 2018. Yeah. 2018. 2018. Over at the SMX 2018. center. Yes, sir. Yes, God sir. touched it again hmm. um, with not only attendances of, you know, seven, eight, 9,000, but um, just a spirit as though there was just a few of us there. And I mean, uh, I think there were 157 men called to preach one night, and uh, I, I don't remember how many countries, but it seems like it was over 50 countries represented, and uh, the lessons and the preaching and the spirit, uh, just from uh, from every standpoint, was was amazing, and it's a ministry that's reaching out into countries all over the 1040 window, and even now. 
with what you were doing and with what Brother Ranjan and, and myself and, and others with some of the ongoing uh, meetings online and with Zoom, keeping those contacts going, it's really exciting to see the encouragement. And of course, one other thing I'll say is the fact that you've been raising some funds for some of the nationals. And with us not being able to go over as much this year, it's been fun to to talk to the missionaries and get behind some of the national church planning efforts. And that's really been a thrill. So Lord willing, uh, we'll be over there again this March, not with a full leadership conference, but with a training conference for the some of the leaders of the conference that we'll be having in 2022. And uh, we're really excited to continue that ministry. Well, again, it's, uh, it's exciting to watch as God has, I, from my perspective, has orchestrated so many things at this moment, specifically in Asia. You know, when we think about those 1040 focused nations that are so closed and restricted, so spiritually dark, we have to believe that God is working. Uh, I say this often as I speak to put one last push on before the Lord comes. At least that's my perspective. I, I'm certainly, you know, but I'm excited to be a part of it. And I sure appreciate your help and, and your encouragement. And so as we wrap up our, our podcast and our conversation together, um, you know, for those that are listening, want to serve the Lord, either in full-time ministry or just be involved in their church. Is there just some, some practical thoughts that you could give to us? You know, I, I would today, just say never doubt in the night what God gives you in the light. If God calls you, um, he will enable you. And I think, you know, Brother Folger, I think about uh, spiritual leadership Asia or the college or anything we've talked about today. I saw none of that in the early days of my ministry. You know, I've just tried to be faithful to the Lord and uh, walk through the doors that he opens. But, you know, when when someone is standing maybe at a younger precipice in ministry looking out, I think if they will be faithful and, you know, you and I were both faithful to learn from older men. We were both faithful to stay with our uh, positions that we were taught. Um, we've, we've been faithful to our families. If we'll be faithful, uh, God begins to open those doors. And, you know, it's, it's just a matter of remembering that, you know, he's the author and the finisher. Um, he's the one that loves this world more than we do. And he wants to use us. And I would encourage uh, those that are involved in their church, those that are considering full-time ministry uh, to keep trusting the Lord. And I do want to just uh, give a little bit of a plug for my new book, Keep the Faith. Um, I just, uh, as you know, finished the book and you helped with some of the reading of that. And it's a challenge to our generation and to the younger generation that we need to stay true to uh, the faith once delivered unto the saints. And there's a lot of nuanced compromise that's infiltrating uh, churches today. And, and what it's doing is it's, it's robbing us from really, I believe, bearing the kind of fruit God's called us to bear. And in some cases, men are just not only changing positions, they're changing and getting out of the ministry. So, so stay faithful to God, stay faithful to God's word and, and have some older mentors that you uh, learn from and bounce some things off and, and do your best to not be a ping pong ball Christian going every which direction, but just steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Well, I'm so very grateful that uh, you wrote that uh, latest book. I think uh, I, I think I've said this to you, but I, you know, of course, every book that you write is is a good one. But this, uh, to me, is the 
probably the uh, the icing on the cake. It's been a, a blessing to uh, just to read through it. And I know a lot of effort and work went into it. So I want to just say thank you uh, for that hard work. I also want to say thank you to uh, Pastor Jeff for being my guest for the last three episodes of Labor and the, Labors in the Harvest. And uh, we want to say thank you to our listeners today. And we hope that you'll join us again next week when we once again, we'll have conversation with someone who's laboring for the Lord in the harvest. Thanks and have a great day. Thanks for listening. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. If you've been helped, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Please feel free to leave us a comment and or a rating. If you'd like more information about Kevin Folger, please visit his website, kevinfolger.com. We invite you to join us next time with more conversations with Kevin and his guests as they tell their story of being laborers in the harvest.